You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We have a sad ending between two great giants of missionary work at that time. I have written in my Bible, the worst split ever, Paul and Barnabas. Paul wanted to take another journey to get to, to see the churches Barnabas and himself started on their first missionary journey. Barnabas agreed but wanted to take John Mark along, who having quit on their first journey, and Paul was angered by the decision and thought it not good. He told Barnabas, don't take him, he's a quitter. The Bible says the contention was so sharp between Barnabas and Paul that they departed from each other. Barnabas takes John Mark and Paul takes Silas. And by the way, before I continue, this reminds me of what goes on in the New Testament church nowadays between the pastor and a disgruntled church member. The pastor prays for him. The pastor uh, does everything he can to, to believe in him and you, uh, do stuff for him. And a church member, by one simple little disagreement, he may not like the color of the carpet. He hates the pastor for it. Pastor has a remodeling project. He don't like what the pastor does or she. And they leave the church. Barnabas and Paul, two great missionaries, all the praying they've, been, they've done together, all the soul winning, and they left because of disagreement. Now, that's not the message, but let's continue on. The Bible, the story continues with Paul. His desire was, the desire was to go to Asia and preach the gospel, but it was instructed by the Holy Ghost not to do so. Instead, God gives Paul the Macedonian vision. And the message was this, come over and help. Paul heard the message, come over and help. So Paul and Silas immediately left, immediately left Troas to set sail for Macedonia. In a matter of days, Paul and Silas ends up on the front lines in uh, Philippi, which is the chief part of the, uh, Macedonia. Now stay with me, church. Things are about to heat up. In verse 14, we have the conversion of Lydia, the seller of purple. In verse 16, we have the confrontation of a young girl who is possessed by a demon. This poor girl was not only being controlled by a demon, but she also had masters, the Bible says, who was taking advantage of her soothsaying. You say, what's a soothsayer? Sayer, simple, a fortune teller. They were making a profit off her fortune telling cookies. And they were using this girl, and they were abusing this girl, and the Bible says in verse 17, this same girl would follow Paul and Silas every day and mock them by saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. Now, I can't help to imagine that every day as Paul's trying to do a work for God, here's this demon-possessed girl, and she's walking around, and her, let's just use the voice, these are the, the servants of the Most High God. And, and after, time after time, she kept saying, these are the servants of the Most High God. These are the servants of the Most High God. Finally, Paul got fed up, and the Bible says in verse 18, he turned around and he commanded that that demon departs from that girl. Now, things are about to get, things are about to get interesting. In verse 19... We, when the masters saw the hope of their gains were gone, the Bible says, they got mad at Paul and Silas. They grabbed them, and the Bible says they didn't carry. They dragged them. They dragged them to the marketplace. You say, why is the marketplace so important? The marketplace was the hub of the city. You went to the marketplace if you wanted to hear the latest gossip. If you had nothing to do with your life, you went to the marketplace. At the marketplace, that's where everybody traded. That's where everybody did work. And there, a lot of visitors came to the marketplace. And so these masters brought Paul and Silas to the marketplace. 
In verse 20, the masters publicly exposed Paul and Silas, calling them troublemakers. Let's read on in verse 21. The Bible says this, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. So they got beaten. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who have received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now, it's very vital you listen very closely before you, if not, you'll miss the message. Paul and Silas were thrown into the prison for standing up for God. The Bible says the inner prison. Pastor, I think we get the wrong idea when reading our Bibles, when we hear the word prison. This is not modern day America. They're not getting a three a course meal, a nice bed and some jump, orange jumpers and a TV. This is not what's going on. This was a Roman prison. These prisons were underground, poorly ventilated, and filthy. These same prisons would often be very crowded, and these prisons would not have individual cells. Instead, they'll put everybody in a large space and lock them up side by side, fastened to each other so they couldn't go nowhere. These prisons were not only designed to physically torture prisoners, but also psychologically affect them. This prison would be divided in two areas, the outer prison, the inner prison. The outer prison was uh, for those who committed light crimes, such as a thief or a man that had many debts to pay. The inner prison was for those who committed major crimes, such as a murderer or an individual who was a direct danger to authority. The inner prison was much secure and much darker. And the inner prison was mainly used for holding prisoners condemned to death. So when a new convict came walking down in the, new, uh, in the inner prison, it would often be said, Dead men walking. If you walk, if folks saw you going to the inner prison, they knew that this man did something bad. This man deserved death. So here comes Paul and Silas thrown into the, in the prison along with the others. Now the Bible never clarifies at what time these men got in, but the Bible does tell us what time they went off at the midnight hour. Now I don't care if you're an early bird or a night owl, when you're trying to get some sleep at midnight, Nobody in their right mind wants to hear somebody talking, especially not singing. The Bible says at the midnight hour, Paul and Silas were singing, and these men were having a time. These two men were having a time praying, the Bible says, and singing praises to our God. But you know what happened out there? They started singing, and they started praying. Suddenly, the building started to shake. The floor started to rumble, and the shackles started to loosen up. And long behold, their doors were open, and the Bible says every man's bands were loose. That rumble was so loud that the Philippian jailer was sleeping, and he looked up, and he saw that their doors were open, and that everybody was free, that he got out, and he said, oh, it's over for me. Supposing that everybody escaped, he drew his sword and began to take his life. But a thundering voice echoed down the hall, said, hold up, wait, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Now, church family, one of the greatest miracles in the New Testament has just taken place. And oftentimes, it receives no attention. You say, what's so special about this miracle? It's simple. No one left. No one left. Can somebody in this room explain to me, why would a group of men, prisoners that is condemned to death, forfeit their only opportunity towards freedom by staying. 
Let me say it one more time. He, these are men that are in the inner prison. They knew that the next step for them was death. And all of a sudden, the Bible says the bars, the doors fell open, their shackles fell off. And all of a sudden, in their mind, for a glimpse moment, freedom was right across the tunnel. But the Bible says, Paul said, no, we are all here, no one left. Why would a prisoner forfeit his only opportunity towards freedom by staying? These men knew that if they stayed, possibly death was coming. Here's a question for you uh, tonight, church. What caused these men to stay? I'm not sure how long some of these prisoners have been inside the inner prison, but even after a day, I would want to leave. So ask the question again, what caused these men to stay? You know, the answer is found in verse 25. Notice what the Bible says. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. But I like what the Bible says as he finished the verse. And the prisoners heard them. Now, I cannot tell you what exactly what they heard from Paul and Silas, but I can't imagine, I help to imagine what they're talking about. The Bible says they were praying. Pastor, I can imagine praying, uh, Paul being there, praying for the churches that he started on his first missionary journey. I can imagine he's talking about the church of Galatia and Antioch, the Christians at Antioch and Lystra, Derby and Iconium. Paul started praying for Asia. He knew God knew that it was uh, Paul's burden to go to Asia to preach the gospel. And Paul didn't get an opportunity to go there. And so he's in Macedonia, but he's there praying. He said, Lord, I know that you sent me here for a reason. Lord, I know that I'm sitting in this prison. And Lord, I'm not losing faith because God, you called me. Paul started praying. Paul started thanking God for allowing him to be a servant in the kingdom of God. Paul started praying for the Christians in the church at Jerusalem. He was probably thinking about Barnabas. He was wondering where Barnabas was at. But he, he knew Barnabas' reputation was to go out to win people to Christ. He probably started praying for Barnabas. You know, in Matthew 18, 20, for two or, more, two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. They started having church. The prisoners were there. And they're probably at the midnight hour, Pastor, listening to these men. And I can be honest with you, some may have been there for a while, some first time. But I promise you this, when a man gets in prison, he gets all spiritual all of a sudden. He starts praying all of a sudden. And these prisoners might have mocked Paul. And you probably heard Paul talking to God. And they said, you keep on praying, Mr. Prisoner. We heard the last guy pray today, God. That ain't nothing happened with him. We heard the last guy called Princess Diana. Nothing happened to him. We heard them talking to Jupiter and Mercury. Nothing happened to them. And those prisoners probably there having the time. Oh, you keep praying. You be quiet. It's midnight. We're trying to get some sleep. You're going to die anyway. And Paul and Silas kept praying. And Paul and Silas kept going. And those prisoners were probably mocking them. They probably, and, and if we want to use nowadays, guys, you can pray to Buddha all you want, but he's not answering. You can pray to Muhammad. You can pray to Confucius. I like what the Bible says, but Paul and Silas kept going. I can imagine it went like this. Paul leaned over to Silas and said, Brother Silas, tell me, how'd you, got, how'd you get saved? And Silas says, well, Paul, you remember that day at Pentecost? And Paul says, I do. I heard about that. Well, Peter got up and preached, and my mom was in the service. My mom got saved, and I was a young boy. We started to go to church after that. We went to the church of Jerusalem, and I got to go, and for the first time I heard preaching, and for the first time I saw the miracles of God, and I saw the disciples and the apostles on fire for God, and then one day there was a special service. Two men walked forward, one named Barnabas, 
Barnabas, one named Paul, and our church said, let's raise support. We're going to send them out as missionaries. They're going to go to Antioch, and they're going to start churches across this thing. And Silas said, I was there as a young man, and I was watching, and I told my mom, and I pulled their shirt, and said, Mom, I want to be like that one day. Lo and behold, I started to go to Bible college. I finished Bible college. I stayed prayed up. I stayed, started preaching, because the Bible says Silas was a prophet. He was a preacher, and I started preaching everything I can. Oh, brother Peter gave me opportunity to preach on the street corner. I preached. Everywhere I went, I preached. And then one day I saw you, my role models in life, Barnabas and Saul, a Paul, walked down the aisle, and you gave a report of all the missionary churches that you started and all the work that you did. And I wanted to go, and then a joy came to my heart when I heard that, hey, we're looking for help. Who wants to go? Silas says, take me. Paul Paulus said, amen. Glory to God. I feel a sermon coming. Paul said, Silas, what else? What else? Tell me. And Silas says, well, before I go, let me hear about you, Paul. Paul said, well, you know about me. He said, no, I heard many stories. Silas said, let me hear how you get saved. Oh, Paul said, well, I had letters in my hand. I was on my way to Damascus. And I knew in my heart there was a still small voice that was pricking, I was kicking against the pricks and it was working on my heart. And I knew God was working on me, but I tried to be a tough guy. I tried to be a Pharisee. I tried to show that no, God's not affecting me. Conviction's not on my heart. And as I, I was on my way to Damascus, boy, I heard a voice, but it was not inside, it was from outside. And I looked up and the sun started bright, shining bright in my eyes and I couldn't see, but I knew the voice. And it said, Saul, Saul, why person? as cute as thou me. He said, Lord, I knew it's the Lord. I was fighting the Lord. I was trying to run from the Lord, but the Lord got me and I got saved. My, I lost my eye vision. I went down to the, the down in Judas's house there in the, the, the street of gate. Oh, Ananias came on my, uh, came to my, to my area. And for the first time, pastor, he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, brother, that's the first time I felt brotherly love. He said, brother Saul, God told me, number one, that you're going to receive thy sight. And number two, that you're going to get the the Holy Ghost. And for the first time, Paul got a renewed vision for the things of God. He didn't go persecute the church no more. He went to go preach against the Jews. And the Bible says immediately the next day, he went to the synagogue and started preaching. Those Jews was beside themselves. They said, hold up. So Paul? Saul? You were on our side. What you doing? And he started preaching about God. He started preaching about Jesus Christ. He started preaching against their false religion and their false teaching. And they said, whoa, 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 whoa. And they kicked them out. They got tired of them. Paul goes to Jerusalem. Boy, Silas is having to fit in that dungeon with them. Silas said, whoo! And the next thing you know, glory to God. You know, Paul probably said, hey, I feel something coming on, Silas, at the midnight hour. I feel something coming on. And then old Silas, being the prophet that he is, he said, man, I wish... I had some parchments with me. That's what they had back then. They didn't have a Bible. They had some parchments. And old Paul said, I got some Old Testament parchments tucked in, but it's dark. We can't see. And then Silas says, I don't need no Bible. I can just quote scripture. I can imagine in that midnight hour, Silas and Paul and those prisoners and that Philippian jailer, Silas got up and says, bless God. Psalms 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fields. Oh, bless the Lord our God. Ye people will make the voice of his praise to be heard. Sing unto the Lord. Sing praises to his name. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen. I said declare his glory among the heathen. I said declare his glory among the heathen. They were sitting in that prison and those prisoners were mocking him and Paul, Paul Silas got up and said declare his glory among the heathen. His wonder among the people for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Psalms 104 into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalms 145. I will extol thee my God. O King, I will bless thy name forever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Paul, brother Paul got up. Whoo! He got excited. He started clapping. He said, preach on, brother. Let it fly. And Silas says, I'll keep going. Praise the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I will speak of his glorious honor, of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of thy might and terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. Psalm 146, praise ye the Lord. Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto God while I have any being. Psalms 147. Praise ye the Lord. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant and praise is comely. First uh, Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all ye angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens and all ye waters, and be above the heavens. Let everything praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. And I can imagine that midnight hour. Paul and Silas sitting there. Silas got on with the spirit. The preaching came out. Paul was rooting them on. He said, preach on, brother. Preach on, brother. Preach on, brother. Psalms 149. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Uh, Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery in the heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And I can imagine Brother Paul saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. The Bible says the prisoners heard them sing praises and pray unto God. Brother Paul fell on his knees and he gave God the glory. Then he got convicted by the Holy Ghost. Him and Silas was enjoying salvation that they failed to tell the rest of the prisoners. I can imagine Paul back and Silas, hey, let's pray. And Paul started to pray for forgiveness of these prisoners and the jailer. And Paul started to pray that the Holy Ghost would do a special work in their hearts. And Paul probably prayed the gospel. He probably quoted Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. He said, prisoners, come now. Let us read them together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And before you knew it, that mocking crowd of prisoners, that bickering crowd of prisoners started to get quiet. God was doing something on their heart. Those prisoners were dialed in on what Paul and Silas were saying. I can imagine the chief prisoner there was like, hey, never we heard men like this before. Never we seen some nutcases at midnight sing and praise and quote scripture like this before. And those prisoners started listening in on it. Now I had a little fun tonight. 
But here's the applicable truth of tonight's message. You know, the world is loud. Sin is loud. The agenda of the wicked is no secret matter. Everything that the wicked does is meant to be heard and seen. You know the sad thing about it? The world's louder than the church. You say, and you've heard the statement so many times, you preach a lot loud enough and long enough, people believe it. You say, why are countries in the mess it is today? Because the church is quiet. The church is quiet. Now, you may say, well, that's just not my personality to talk about God like that in public. Jesus died on the cross, hung there unashamedly for the joy set before him. He did it publicly. I believe today our biggest problem is that we quit being Christians publicly. You say, well, my work would not allow. I didn't say go to work and start talking about God. I said go to work and start praising God and just be a Christian. And you say, well, I had a hard day at work. Praise God. You say, well, I had a great time at church last night. Praise God. You know what a spook or unsaved person just say glory to God. They won't know what it means. They won't. I was in Home Depot all day. I saw, I saw a tool attachment that I wanted. And I was looking for this thing. And when I grabbed it, I said, glory to God. And the lady said, what is that? So she said, what is that? Oh, you know, it's, God, it's, it's our Lord up there. And they didn't under, the world doesn't understand. You know, before I move on, at the midnight hour, the doors were open, the shackles fell off. You know, in that very same hour, Pastor, the Bible says Paul and Silas. By the way, let me just say this. You know, in that very same hour, though they were bonded, uh, in bonds, they're at the midnight singing, and after the miracle take place, the Bible says in the very same hour, they were bathed, baptizing and breaking bread. You say, what do you mean by that? Go to verse 33. Go to verse 33. Notice this. It caught my attention. The Bible says this in verse 33, and he took them, talking about the Philippian jailer, the same hour of the night, talking about the midnight hour, and the Bible says, and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he sat meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his highest, his house. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. At the midnight hour, Paul and Silas and some prisoners are behind a prison door and the shackles fell off and the door opened. And it's at the midnight hour that God set them free. And you know what? In that same very hour, they were bathed, they were baptizing, and they were breaking bread with the Philippian jail. Only our God can do that. Change, change a situation in a, no, uh, in, a, in, a, in a last minute. And these men were enjoying life like nothing happened at the midnight hour. They were just in the jail cell, folks. Now they're clothed, bathed, baptizing, and breaking bread. Praise God. You know, a survey of 100 people was completed, and they were asked a question. How many times a day do you say the phrase, oh my God, or you text, OMG? You know, out of those 100 people, 9% of the people said a, a couple of times a month. 12% said a few times throughout the week. 17% never. 20% said once or twice a day, and here it is. 43%, 43% of them said over 10 times a day, I say, oh my God. And notice what they said, it's my catchphrase. It's about time God's people went back to fight of vocalizing the goodness of their God. Amen. When was the last time in public you praised the Lord? Let me say it one more time, church family. When was the last time in public, not private, so I had my Bible time this morning? Oh, that's good. It's easy when you're just there. What about an unbeliever or an infidel or a reprobate next to you? 
When was the last time you praised the Lord in public? I would have to guess in comparison to the world, the world uses God's name more than Christians do, and they don't do it in the right way, and we're scared to talk about God. Now, I'm not saying our, we're bad people. I'm just saying we're shy. We get scared, and we need the boldness of God. You say, Brother Ron, why is it so important that I talk and praise God publicly? You know why? People are listening. People are listening. Paul and Silas had no clue that those prisoners were listening to them. They just said, hey, we're going to do what we're commanded to do, and we're going to do what we want to do, and that's have church, even though they stopped us from having church. You know what? They were in their jail cell praising God, and they were praying to God, and they were listening, the Bible says. Turn back to Acts chapter 16. People are listening. Now, I don't have the time, but I wish I could, but here's a Here's an illustration that we can use from the Bible. Early in the chapter, I mentioned Lydia, the first convert. Notice Acts chapter 16 in verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. Now, church, help me with the next two words. Begin. Heard us. Let's say it one more time. Heard us. You say, Brother Lewis, why is it so important that we talk about our God publicly? Number one, people are listening. But notice behind the scenes, notice what God is doing to these sinners and folks that say they don't want God and folks that don't think they need God. But notice what God is doing behind the scenes. She heard us, notice the next part of the verse, whose heart the Lord opened. You don't know who's listening and God's working on their heart. You go out here today, you go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks for peace, you go do grocery shopping, you're listening to KBBC, and you're listening to 24-7 hour Christmas music, praise God, joy to the world, oh, silent night, oh, holy night, and you start talking about God, I promise you someone in the next aisle is listening. You know why? Because God's doing the work. While you're sleeping, God's working. While you're eating, God's working. While you're just caring about your day, God is working. God is more concerned about people going to hell than you and I are. So he's constant. He's on it all the time. And so when you walk around as a radiant of light, as an ambassador for Christ, you got to be on your toes. you got to be open. you got to say, praise God, glory to God. God's good to me. You can't walk around criticizing the men of God. You can't walk around and say, oh, a church service is born this day. You can't go to the church we go to. It's just you can't do that. Why? People are listening. People are listening. And while they're listening, they don't know that God's working on their heart. You say, what's so important about us talking, sinners listening, and God's opening up their heart? Notice this. Here's the question. What did Lydia hear that prompted her to get saved? The Bible says she heard Paul and Silas. I mean, uh, Paul and Silas. Let me back up. I didn't say this earlier. Lydia was at a prayer meeting. She was worshiping God, and she was a lost lady, very religious. And Paul and Silas came with the truth. And God showed Lydia that she was lacking one area, and lacking in one area, and that was the need of salvation, and God used. What caused the men in prison not to move a muscle? Here's the phrase, faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. When you talk, God's giving you using faith through you, but you got to talk about the Bible. you got to talk about your God. you got to talk about the things of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing the Word of God. 
the Philippian jailer, after he, he assumed that everybody left, everybody was gone, he was getting ready, he took that sword, he was going to kill himself, and Paul said, do thyself no harm, for we are all here. I can't imagine what was going through his mind. I can't imagine what he was thinking, but notice what the Bible says. Verse 29, then he, talking about the jailer, called for a light and sprang in. He didn't walk in, he ran in. And he came trembling. Now, why in the world will a jailer come in trembling? Pastor, I honestly believe this. Honestly believe this. Though the lights were off and everybody was in bed, that old jailer was listening to Paul and Silas. That old jailer heard Paul talking about the gospel. That old jailer heard Paul talking about this and that, and he was terrified. But he was chicken so, uh, so chicken that he didn't want to go talk to him. And then when he heard about, when he felt the rumble, but he thought his life was over. When he heard the crash, he thought his life was over. When he heard those shackles come off, he said, oh, I might as well kill myself. Oh, I took too long. Oh, I didn't do anything. And then when he said, we're all here, that jailer said, praise God, I got an opportunity. Let me grab a light. Let me run in there. Hey, you two men, I don't know where you came from. I don't know who you are. I just know I got a charge, and I don't care for the charge. I heard about a God. I heard about a heaven. I heard about a hell, and I don't want to go. Can you tell me how I can get saved? As far as I know, there was no previous conversation between a jailer and Paul and Silas. And the only way he would have known about being saved and being lost was hearing it from Paul and Silas in the dark of the hour, being loud, as I'm being loud. And that man said, oh, no, sir, I want to get saved. I'm having too much fun tonight, Pastor. Time out. I need some overtime. Oh, I'm joking. Let me give three things and I'm finished. When the Lord presents an opportunity for you to bless his name, Seize the moment. Let me say it one more time. When the Lord presents you an opportunity to bless his name, seize it. You say, why? For God's word will not return void. He gave us that promise. God, that person probably heard a scripture. That person probably drove down and saw John 3, 16 and started thinking about it. What does that mean? That person probably read down the billboards, Jesus is the reason for the season. And they're like, who's Jesus? What's the season? What's the reason? And you come around. Boy, we just left North Valley Baptist Church. Oh, brother Ron thundered away about salvation. Oh, boy, I'm so stirred up. I'm going to start talking about my salvation. People say, like, what's salvation? And then you start talking about heaven. A lot of people know what heaven is, but they don't know what hell is. They said in the curse word for them, but they don't know the place of hell. And you start talking about hell, and they get saved. When the Lord presents an opportunity for you to bless his name, seize it. Let me give you an illustration. Pastors, it's so funny. Y'all know I'm loud. There's no secret about it. One day I was out soul winning. I hate going soul winning when it's quiet outside. It feels so eerie. And here I am, I'm in the neighborhood, Brother Slide, I'm walking, and it's so quiet, I'm by myself. And they can hear my footsteps, that's how quiet it is, it is. And I'm knocking on the doors, and I get to, the, to this one house, this dog, little chihuahua, and I was like, oh, no, 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 shh. And he, all the neighbors start turning on lights. I mean, the lights are on, but everybody starts opening the doors, oh boy, here we go. And this tall black guy, how y'all doing? In the neighborhood. And this lady, old, old, old Caucasian lady was in the house. She said, ah, what do you want? I'm like, ma'am, I'm just from the church. I want to leave a gospel track. She said, oh, just leave it at my gate. I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. I said, I don't want to cause no problems. So I put it in there. That dog, ah, So Pastor went on the other side. I said, forget that dog. And by the way, to these cat haters, you know, I, as I've been out soul winning, I never had a cat interrupt me about out soul winning. It's always the dog. That dog, man, good night. You always see a be, be aware. You always see a dog. He, All right. I mean, one time I was about, I was dead there, right there, Brother Cooper. The lady was getting ready to bow her head to pray. And I said, man, let's pray, Father. And that dog, and she went chasing her dog. And I said, oh, boy, dogs are annoying. 
So cats, praise God for cats. <laughs> I went on the other side in the house, hurry. I went on the other side. I finished the door, I started knocking. I got to the last house on the right and a lady opened the door and I led her to Christ. I sat there, gave her Bible, went through the Romans road and she got saved. I was on my way to that same house with that dog. There was a rocking chair. I, I didn't notice the rocking chair. And then there was a lady in the rocking chair, the same lady that was yelling to me outside from the window. And she was on the rocking chair pastures, rocking away with her eyes closed, just doing this. And I'm walking, I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit said, go talk to her. I'm like, ah. Holy Spirit said, go talk to her. I said, okay, I'll go talk to her. So I went to go talk to her, church. And I said, ma'am, I don't want to be rude or anything, but that gospel track I left on your gate, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you're on your way to heaven? She, very quickly, with a smile, of course. When she did that, I was like, oh boy, here's one of these ladies. She's going to tell me how she did this and this and that. And I said, ma'am, I don't want to be rude again, but would you mind telling me how you get saved? She said, easy, I heard you. I said, again? She said, yeah. She said, I was looking through the window. You were there talking to that lady. You said, Jesus and hell. And I knew I was going to hell. And she said, you talked about going there. And I said, as you was praying, I was praying. I said, ma'am, you can hear me from all the way over there. She said, yeah, you're pretty loud. <laughs> she got saved. Number two, realize the Holy Spirit works behind the scenes. Never count someone out. You say, oh, that guy would never get saved. That visitor come to church, he looks so rough. He looks so torn by heaven, uh, 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 the things of the world. You say, oh, he'll never get saved. Don't you say that. <laughs> Don't you say that. People ask me all the time. Recently, we had a kid in the church, in the bus ministry. They were just being bad. I had a worker, and I had to correct the worker. I didn't want to, but this worker was basically telling this kid, you would never be able to come to this church because you're so bad. And then they said, Brother Ron, he's so soft, but he called me soft. And I had to stop the worker. I said, hold up, number one, I'm a bus kid. Number two, that kid 15 years ago, that was me. You know how many times I was kicked out of church, but my bus captain kept coming and kept coming and kept inviting, and I got right, and I got saved, and I got called to preach, and God used me. I said, sir, of course I'm soft, because if this kid doesn't come to this church, there's no hope for this kid. No hope for this kid. The Holy Spirit is working behind the scenes, and I must finish. Lastly, indulge in verbal prayer and praising. Here it is, show up to prayer meeting. Yeah. Pastor, I can't tell you how wonderful it is to hear somebody pray out loud. You can tell if a man walks with God by praying out loud. You can tell if a man knows God praying, by praying out loud. Those prisoners knew Paul and Silas were the real deal when they heard him pray out loud. They heard the prayers of uh, uh, Dagon and Diana and all these fake gods, but this one, woo, something was connecting. And they heard, church family, indulge in verbal praying. Show up to prayer meetings. Don't be afraid to testify. Don't be afraid to testify. I think that word testify only get grouped in with the black church. Can I say it's okay, church, to testify? Just don't kill pastor's time while doing it. Testify. Testify at work. Testify at home. Testify while driving your car. Man, every time I drive a car, the first thing I do, I say, praise God, no flat tire. Praise God, no accident. Praise God, these crazy drivers can't drive. Get out of my way. And I'm just testifying all the way. Don't be scared to testify. God did something miraculous in your life. Talk about it. You say, why? Someone's listening. Last illustration, I'm done. I promise. Pastor, I was out on tour for the college a few years back. And again, as loud as I am, <laughs> we went to Texas Roadhouse. I met up with an old college friend and we went to school together. We were talking, you know, we got a table and all I remember who was in the, in the restaurant at the time 
was a Caucasian man with a ponytail. He was in the booth across of us, uh, from across of us, and right next to it was a elder, elder, elderly lady right there, just eating her deal, a meal, not saying a word. And we were talking, we were catching up on life, we were talking about life. In that brief moment, we were trying to solve America's problems by just preaching to each other. We were talking about, hey, what, what church have you been in? And what message you preach? We are just talking like preachers do, Brother Cooper. And we are just talking and talking and talking. You know what? The man with the ponytail gets up, walks up. Pastor puts a napkin right in front of me. And he starts smiling. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to congratulate me for something. He put a, I won't tell you what's on the note, but I would just say he was a coward. Long story short, the note said, hey, you young, you're basically saying you guys are young. You don't know what you're talking about. Wait till you be, have been enlightened. You'll see the world for what it is. And it was just a discouraging note. I was like, ah, oh, forget this guy. And we went back to talking, just kept going and going and going. The elder lady on the right of us, she got down with her meal. She left. Came the bill. I said, hey, sir, I told the, clerk, or the, the, the waiter, hey, sir, can we have our bill, uh, check? He said, there is no check. I said, what? He said, someone paid it. As a matter of fact, that lady that was sitting on the right, she paid it. And she left the receipt. He gives me the receipt, and it says this. Young man, you don't know what you did for my heart today. I was just getting ready to throw the towel in on God. I lost my husband the other day. There's no joy. There's no comfort. There's nothing. I thought there's no one that wants to live right for God. I'm the only one. And I thought, hey, why not? I'm going to eat my last meal and have a time. And God sent you two men sitting on a night next. And I watched and heard you men talk about God. And I heard how you got saved. And I heard how God's preaching and people getting saved. And bus ministers still going. Felt like my old days in, in church. And she wrote at the end, Pastor, the meal's on me. Enjoy. By the way, grab dessert for being loud. Hey, man. Now, church family, I felt like tonight's a, a mess for our church family. I'm not preaching against COVID or anything, but Pastor, I learned with this mask, um, me personally, I've gotten so comfortable with this mask on because it helps me quiet. Not just being quiet for the sake of quietness, it helps you not talk to God. I've watched you, our church family here, you come in, and we used to before COVID. Hey, my brother, how are you doing? And now we're like, and it's been a while for some of y'all to say amen. Yeah. It's been a while since y'all said glory to God. Yeah. And you know why? It's so easy for you to do this. Some of you ladies, it's the first time you, it was a long time that you had to wear makeup halfway on your face. <laughs> you just do the eyes. You don't have to worry about the mask going to cover up the rest. Hey, this mask made you comfortable. It's okay to wear it, but praise God through it. Hallelujah through it. It's hard getting up here and you hear, what are you saying? Glory to God. Amen. Praise to Jesus. Say something. Are you alive back there? Help us out. And the prisoners heard them. It's about time. God's people said we take back the fight of vocalizing our God. Don't let the world get carried away by saying God's name in vain. Let's say it with triumph and glorious reason. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.